Hi, I'm Stuart Pucklington. I'm Alan Furstenberg, and this is Two Voice Devs. So hello, everyone. As you might notice, we again have another guest host this week. Um, we had uh, a lot of questions that have been coming up recently about APL, so we sought out an APL expert, and Stuart here uh, volunteered. So Stuart, why don't you, you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into voice? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm based in the UK, in uh, sunny Nottingham, um, and I got into voice development probably about it's getting close to four years ago now. So, uh, and I, I started off by getting a Echo Dot for, I think I got it for Christmas um, a few years back. Uh, and I was really interested in the technology because I'm into my gadgets and my tech. And mm -hmm. within the first month of getting it, I've spent a small fortune on the smart home uh, <laughs> house and bulbs and speakers and everything and then I just got curious about how does this work uh, and when I found out that actually um, you know um, third parties can create their own skills for it I thought okay I want to give that a go and I set myself a target by I think within a certain number of months I wanted to have developed and released my own um, skill and put it out there uh, and um, initially I used uh, Storyline. I don't know if you can remember Storyline, Alan. No, I don't. Okay, so it's a bit like VoiceFlow before VoiceFlow. Okay. Um, it was no code um, set up. Um, it was really easy to uh, and quick to develop voice skills uh, through that. I put a skill together. It was a really simple quiz. I think it was based on Formula One. Just mm -hmm. Every, everyone does a quiz first right that's like exactly. everyone's first yeah <laughs> so i did a quiz i got it out there uh and then from there it's like okay what can i do next and i um i did i've done a few skills i entered the dev post competition um i used the alexa tech for good mm -hmm. uh, i come runner up with a skill called ev assistant and that was just a skill that would allow um EV drivers to find the nearest charging point just by asking by uh, the name of a location. So I got run up with that. And then uh, not long after that, I entered the DevPost uh, Alexa multimodal competition um, using APL. And I developed a skill called Loop It, uh, which won. So, and then from there, that gave me a bit of confidence around what I was doing. And I set up my own little business called Soapbox. Uh, and I've yeah, just been um, developing voice skills since then. And I've gone on to do Google and, and Bixby as well since then also. Okay. So uh, again, we, got, we, we saw you listed a lot on APL Ninja. Why don't mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about APL Ninja and your involvement there and what APL Ninja is? Yeah, wow. So APL Ninja, first of all, if anyone hasn't tried it out and they're interested in APL, go check it out straight away. It's amazing. So developed by Alexander Martin, who knows absolutely everything there is to know about APL. Uh, and APL Ninja is a site where you can go and see other people's templates. So I've shared some of mine on there. Um, there's lots from other people in the voice community that develop APL also. Uh, you can go and see how other people have pulled their APL documents together. Uh, you can copy one of their templates and then you can tweak it and make something unique for yourself through it as well. Um, and it's, it's just a really nice tool to get, get into APL um, for basic, right through to advanced features. 
so it's a great way to to kind of learn you know the old the old days in the web when we would you know load a page and then look at the html and see how it worked uh it, it gives you that kind of ability yes absolutely so okay. you might see something you're like how did someone do that you can go straight into the the code and see exactly what they did and how they made things work so and and you can copy it and put it straight into a, a, your own alexa skill as well oh fantastic okay so as, as this kind of suggests, I had a lot of APL questions. I am just getting started on, on the Alexa side of the world. I come from a, the Google perspective. Mm -hmm. And in diving into APL, I suddenly realized I had a ton of questions. So I think there's going to be a lot of me asking you questions, if that's okay. APL, as, 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 I, as I understand, is the Alexa presentation language. And it's mm -hmm. kind of a, a templating language. Do I describe that right yeah i think that's a fair way to describe it so it's just a um json okay. so used on to describe the layout of the apl document so how things are going to appear on the alexa echo screen okay how do we i guess send that back so how do we indicate that that apl this apl document this apl json structure it needs to be part of the response yeah, okay. So within your um, uh, your Lambda code, your backend, um, you can call uh, APL render directive. And that then tells um, the skill um, that, you know, APL um, should be loaded up on screen. Um, but also you need to check whether the device the user is on has a screen before you okay. call it as well. What, uh, what happens if you send back the APL render document directive and it doesn't support APL? Yeah, you'll get an error message. If okay. I'm not sure which one, whether it's uh, there was an error with the requested skill response or one of the other ones you get back from Alexa. Um, but yeah, you need to check whether they've got the device and handle it differently based on. Okay. Device, you know. And are we handing, you know, as part of the directive, are we handing a URL to a, a document or the JSON structure itself? Or what are we, what are we sending back? Yeah, so you, you're passing in, uh, within the directive, you're passing in the file path to the JSON document. So um, you can have it hosted uh, in something like an S3 bucket and pass that through. Okay. The directive. Or um, when I code it, it's just um, in a folder within my um, backend code. So I'll just pass it in from there. Oh, so you're, you're just passing back the JSON itself? Yes, it's just a oh, JSON. Okay. Pass through. Okay. Um, so. And the so you can pass data through as well, if you want to. Right. We'll, we'll get to data in a second, because I started wrapping my head around this part finally. So when we're dealing with these templates, what kind of is the model that you've got a different template for each response, and you'll send back a different one depending on what your response is? Or is there a single mega document template that you send back once and you say flip to this screen or flip to this other screen how what's the, you know again I, I think of this in terms of how both google does it and how the web does it where nowadays we're moving to this single web page model and mm -hmm. you load that single web page and then you say show these components show that component but it's all still one page yeah um so i suppose it depends on how you're using um, your intent and your APL okay. uh, 
design. So you could have one APL template that you use throughout the entire skill, um, which might be fine, but it, it, you'll be limited in terms of what the user can see and it'll, be, it'll feel a bit repetitive. Uh, but what you can do for every intent handler, you can pass through a different APL template through okay. to it. So, uh, so the normal the normal routine is, you know, you just pass back the template that makes the most sense at that time. Yeah, and if okay. if you so if you've got two intents where you can reuse the same APL template, you might just want to update the existing APL document rather than render a brand new one. Okay. Uh, so you can do that as well. So you've got the choice. Oh, okay. And update an existing APL document loading in memory or render a brand new document. Got it. Okay. What's, I, I guess, what's the, the performance like when rendering? How quickly does it, it tend to render things? Okay. So a lot of that is down to how you develop the APL. Okay. And especially if you're going to throw a lot of images in. So uh, one of the first skills I've out there called Santa's Little Helper. Uh, I had some really large PNG files that I was loading in uh, and it, it'd take a good 10 seconds to load an image oh, in. Oh, wow. Uh, so I, I quickly got onto, is it tinypng.com, shrunk the files down and solved that issue. So you, you need to be um, conscious of what you're going to put onto the screen um, and try and optimize it as much as you can, like you would for uh, a like website. Like you would for the web, yeah. So when, when you specify images, again, are those images, are you, are they just image URLs and they, it loads it from an S3 bucket or wherever, or do you need to specify the, that in some other format? So um, if you're using uh, PNGs. Yeah, for something like PNG. Yeah, you just reference the URL. Okay. The, you can also use uh, AVG uh, images. Oh, right, uh, which, okay. So AVG is the vector graphics for APL, right? Yeah, it's the SVG for APL. Okay. Now, do those get specified in the document or are those again loaded from a separate, how, how do those get loaded? Yeah, and that's a great question because um, <laughs> I struggle with SVG. Um, it's a concept which is fairly new to me. Um, so I've never really done anything with SVG files. Um, so AVG, AVG uh, for me, again, it's like a new concept and I struggle with the, the idea of how it all works. Um, but basically you put uh, the information describing the SVG, or sorry, AVG image into the document itself. Okay. And then it gets rendered on screen. How? I, I don't know. How it <laughs> works, but, Rendering um, it, is complicated on no, no matter the platform. Okay. So... Maybe I need to take a step back. We're talking about these documents kind of broadly. Mm -hmm. And from my reading, I kind of get that there are these pieces in a document and maybe we should can walk through those. So what is a component? Okay, so there's many different components. Okay. Okay, so for example, text, you could have a component just to display text. Uh, you can have a component to display an image. Uh, a button. Uh, okay. Wrappers. So, so components are widgets. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to okay. describe. Exactly, yeah. So and, and you'd have like things like containers and frames just to help you position the the content. Okay. Uh, 
within the APL document. Okay, that actually leads to the next question I had is what was, how, how do we specify the layout of these things then? When I do it, I've got a kind of um, my, I'll, I'll create a container, I'll tell it, I'll check what the screen size is, and then I'll put the components in where I want them and then align them as I want them. Okay. One of the other things I read about is that there's also style and that's separate from these, you know, and again, I, when I think of that, I think of on the website, we've got HTML and then we've got CSS to do that styling. Is there mm -hmm. an equivalent Alexa style sheet or is you, how is that done? Yeah. So within the APL document, you've got a styles um, property um, okay. that you can go in and you can add custom styles. So it might be like head text and, and you define that as being red uh, and the font size is 18. Um, etc. And then you, once you've defined that within the styles element, you can then refer to that throughout the rest of the APL document. So it saves you having to um, see if you've got a different design for the different screen types. So you've got the Echo 10. Uh -huh. uh, you've got the Echo Show Gen 1, Echo Show Gen 2, uh, the Echo Show 8 and 5 and Spot. So if you've got different design layout for each of them, rather than specifying for each screen that you want the header text to be read in this size font, you can do it all within the styles and then referencing. Okay. And that, that sounds like something else that I read, uh, what was being referred to as a, a resource. So mm -hmm. these are, again, just named things that you can put in one place and reference those from elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. So. You, you can pull in there. You, you can add as many resources as you want within uh, the APL document. Okay. So you, met, so you mentioned the different document, the different the display types. Mm -hmm. Do you do all of the different display types in a single document? And how do you, how do you specify the different platforms that it'll run on in those cases? Yeah, okay. Or so that it will display on, sorry. Okay. So I've seen this done a few different ways. And if you go on APL Ninja, um, that's a great place, again, to look at and see how people handle it. People do do it slightly differently. So um, when I first started developing APL, uh, I'd develop um, a different screen layout for every single device um, that was available to do APL on. Um, but I've changed the, the way I approach it now. So now I'll do one designed for rectangular devices and then I'll do one um, reluctantly for the echo spot <laughs> because it, it feels the echo spot is I've got one in my bedroom and I do like it but I don't like developing APL for it just because it's round and it's all uh, dealing with dealing with shapes like that are tough so yeah. the ones that you deal for the rectangle do you then just change the the spacing and the styling for each one yeah, absolutely. So, so you reference so you reference a different style based on the oh okay. That yeah, makes sense. So, so yeah, so for example, the Echo Show five, um, which is the ratio is different to the other uh, rectangular devices. Mm -hmm. Um what I might do is just tweak um the positioning of certain um components on the screen to suit. Okay. Now one of the things I read says, and then we've got a package which bundles this all together in multiple documents. And, and that's where I got lost again. So is there, 
you know, can you specify style in one place and then reference it from multiple documents? I, is that how it works or do you so not, or, or is that more complicated than it tends to be worth? <laughs> it is, so it is more complicated, but yeah, it depends on the use case. So you can split up an EPL document and you can, and people normally only do this to get around the, the, the file size limitation. So just, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think there's a 24 <laughs> kilobyte limit on the- Oh, interesting, okay. So, yeah, on the file. So uh, I've, I've run into this before uh, where my document size went over that and it just refused to render. Um, oh, interesting, actual. okay. So you can split up your APL document into two parts. So you can have um, the, the, the kind of meaty chunky part of it hosted on a S3 bucket and you just pull that into the APL document after it, well, I suppose it's as it's rendered, it's pulled in, um, but it doesn't count towards the file size limit. So you can avoid hitting that limit in there. Oh, interesting, okay. And so as part of the directive, you would then say that you're loading in more than one document? You can specify so multiple documents to, to load in or? Yeah, so in the directive, you're still pulling in one document. Okay. But we Within that APL document that um, you told the directive about is a reference to the other half of the document. Oh, okay. Okay. So it can reference other documents that have the other components. So you could create, for example, uh, a document that has the style. And then in your other documents, you'd load in that style portion document. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes a couple of things make a lot more sense. Good. Okay. More effort, more effort, but it might be worth it depending on what you're you're doing. But then, if you, I suppose, if you've got multiple different uh, APL documents in the same skill, or whether you're reusing it in other skills, then it might be worth going to that effort to to do it. Got it. Okay. Things are are, are starting to gel. Starting to. <laughs> okay. So let's flip to the other side of this and say you can also, in addition to the template, you can also send back data, or sorry, in addition to the, the document, you also send back data. And when I saw that, it finally kind of clicked in my head that the document was a template, because in that template, we're going to be referencing just like a, a variable data that we've stuck in this data. And that data is, I mean, it's, it's just a, a set of name value pairs, basically. Yep, yep, absolutely. So you pass okay. that through. Uh, Bio data source in the APL render um, directive. Um, and within there, you can put um, whatever data you want, you pass that through uh, into the APL document. And uh, an example of you know using that would be if you want to display a, a score, um, which mm. changes over time. Mm -hmm. You can just pass through the score through the data source and the APL document will render whatever that score might be at at the point in time when it's rendered. Okay, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, that's that's the, the you know, that, that makes, I mean, that's essentially what makes the page dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of dynamic, one of the things you mentioned, one of the components you said was a button. Yes. How does that work? So okay. if, if I press a button, what happens? When you when you press a button, so I, I tend to use a custom custom image with a touch wrapper, um, okay, wrapped around it. 
So okay. when a user pushes a button, it sends an event back to the um, the skill, the, the skill um, back end. Um, okay. And then detect and then handle like you would if, if it was a, a touch with voice, as people like to say. So you can handle touch events like you can a voice event as well. Okay. And that generates an Alexa event. Yeah. So that's one example. You can also use uh, buttons on screen to actually update something within that APL document um, without calling another intent handler. So you can update things on screen dynamically using buttons as well. Okay. So let me, let me address the first one first, because that one I have my head wrapped around. That's mm -hmm. a regular Alexa event. That's something that Mark and I covered last week. Okay. So I almost understand those. That, that's straightforward handling. So and 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 that's the the rough equivalent on the Google side of of sending a what we call the the send text query function mm -hmm. call. How do you do something in on in APL itself? Okay, so it, it could be a button that just triggers a command. So um, you could have commands set up within your APL document that you fire off a button. <laughs> What's a command? <laughs> Hang on. Okay, so the way I like to think of it is a command is just a set of instructions um, that tell a component within the APL document what to do. Okay. So um, I use it a lot for um, animations within um, an APL document. And I'll, I'll normally just do that as soon as the document is rendered. I'll have a sequence of commands that I trigger which can do things like um, make an image uh, rotate or move around the screen. Or okay. you, can, you can use it to, like, say, wait five seconds and then update the text. So instead of saying A, it will now say B, things like that. Okay. Are these commands JavaScript? Or what, what are they? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely not JavaScript. <laughs> okay. APL specific, so it's um, it's you know there's a lot of documentation you can go out and you can see how the commands work, um, and again there's lots of examples on APL Ninja where you can okay. use commands and how they they set up. Yeah, it's it's a it's an Alexa thing. It's Alexa APL specific. Um, okay. Okay. And I guess this is related to another question that I sort of had, and that is, and I and I think I read this, but I kind of got lost. Can you do, and, and I guess we kind of suggested this when we talked about device types before, is there a way to kind of do conditionals to say, you know, if I've got a large screen, I want to read, read, you know, show five buttons across, but I've got a smaller screen, I only want to do two buttons across. So is there conditionals of some sort? Yes, so so the equivalent to that in the APL is the the when statement. So okay, um, when this value equals to this, show this component. Um, and this is a this is a property we attach on each component. Yeah, so for each component, you can oh. it's optional. You don't have to have it. If you don't have it, it will display. Um, okay, if you. If you put uh, the when conditional on the component, it will only show when that condition has been met. And of course, we can tie that to the data that we get sent back. So if we want 
you know, if, if we have only sent back one template and we want to vary it, whether you answered the question correctly or incorrectly, we can use the same template, send back a Boolean flag to say correct or not, and show, you know, the green check mark or the big ragged X. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a good example. So um, you're loading the APL document into the device memory. Uh, it's um, a quiz, like in your example, to get a question right, and then you update um, that document that's in memory um, and say, yeah, okay, set this value to true. And then, yeah, you can fire off uh, some an animations or have another image pop in based on. Okay. So, and, and I guess, are these event-driven? So if I have triggered a button to update commands, which I'm still, is still kind of blowing my mind here. I'm still not wrapping my head around that part yet. Um, can one of the things that it updates is a value and have the when conditional on that value. So when you press the button, it updates the value, the, the when fires correctly. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good question. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stump you. <laughs> you so, so you can update things within the APL document like I've touched on before. Um, whether you could you could uh, target one of the conditionals on there okay. without another intent handler, I'm not sure. Fair so, and, and like I said, I, I think of that mostly because coming from you know the the HTML DOM world these days. That is, you know, that is how we tend to do things. We we hook things up and say, you know, especially with something like React, we're yeah. hooking things up to say, you know, show this widget when this variable is set to true, and somewhere in your event code, you're going to set that variable to true or set that state to true, and mm -hmm. things just magically change. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious if that's so that, that, was, that was where the question came from. Yeah, no, and I think the answer is yes, you can do that. It's just, I've never used it like that before. So hmm, okay. I feel like I need to sit on the fence a little bit with that answer, but. <laughs> um, no, but no, yeah, you know, like, as, as you said, APL is complicated. And hmm. if it's not something you tend to do, you know, maybe that means it's not something you should do, you know, we should be doing. So hmm. that, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think as well, a lot of people um, describe themselves as Alexa developers, but I think th there is such a thing as, as an APL developer mm. as well. I don't think it's one and the same thing always. Interesting. Okay. Um, so one of the things I ran into while researching was, and, and kind of one of the things that clicked was, yeah, we can send this data down, and this data can be in the form of, a, you know, it's... It's basically a JSON object. You know, it's 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 an you know it's a JavaScript data structure, which means it includes arrays. One of the things I couldn't figure out is if there's a way to loop over that array and display one component for each element in the array. Yes, there is. So um, um, ah, cool. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things I love about APL is I've been developing in it for a while now, but there's still things. Um, that I've not tried out yet, but just recently I did what you just described. So um, I used a sequence um, to um, basically display different avatars on the screen um, 
which is just in one great big um, um, list of um, data sources. Uh -huh. uh, and for each one, it will uh, return um, the image on screen. Um, but I only have to uh, reference it once within the APL and it just works out and does the rest. And that's called a sequence. Yeah. That's, um, okay. I get so so it sounds like what you're saying is you you specify that this is a sequence and you want this widget apply sorry you want this container apply sorry let's try that again you want this component applied to every element of the sequence yes but oh, great so okay I love that because that makes it really easy to do things like high score tables and you know where you are listing the person's avatar and a rank number and their name and their score type thing and that's that's done with a sequence. Okay. Yeah. I knew it had to be done. And I'm like, I, I, I just couldn't find it and I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm like, and there's no JavaScript here, which is what I'm thinking I want to do, but okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting you said that because the, you can also use JSX within APL as well, which is, it might be more familiar to people that um, develop React sites. Yeah. Okay. So JSX to do things. So like tell that. us. So tell us that, that was recently announced, wasn't it? The the JSX to um, to APL converter. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah. played with it any? No. So <laughs> yeah. so again, it's one of them things I've looked at, and it does look really good. Um, and it you know it's it's useful for people that have got that kind of background working on um, React applications. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose when they come to do something in APL, it would just feel a lot more familiar uh, to them. Uh, but as of yet, I've not played with it myself. Okay. I think I'm beginning to get a, a broad handle on this. Couple of so uh, a, a couple of things. What other kinds of widgets and containers are available? So we talked about buttons. We talked about touch wrappers. What Are there things like uh, drop-down menus, for example? So you can touch it and, and see a list of stuff. Yes, so these drop downs, you've got different kinds of buttons. So um, there's Alexa buttons specifically, uh, which you can use within uh, an APL document. Uh, you can um, bring in uh, lazy loading lists uh, within there as well. Okay, so, so tell me about the, these lazy loading lists. Okay, so again, this is another component or feature of APL that I've not touched on myself just because I've not had the need to. Uh, but essentially, and it, it kind of links in with what we've just spoken about. So say you've got a list of 100 items. Um, you might display 10 items um, at a time on screen. And then when the document renders, rather than calling in all 100 items in that data list, it will only call in... Um, so calling items one to 10, and then when you start to scroll on the screen, it will only call in additional items when it needs to. So when you start to scroll up, it might call items 11 to 20. Okay, so. And so on and so on. So this is, so in the data that we send down initially, we send down just the 10? You send, send all of it, so. Send, okay. But it will only render on screen when it needs to. So okay. that will have under time. Um, on your device. Got it. So it's render time, not transmission time. So, mm -hmm. so this, so this isn't a way to say you know you're only sending down ten because that's how you can get your data get out of your database the quickest. And when it gets to the list, it may it triggers an event to get another ten. Yeah. So when 
when you passing through the data, you 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 would have already got that data out of your database okay. already. Okay. So it's all there ready to pass through. Um, and it's just a case of, yeah, it will render 10 at a time. And okay. you can do those values. So you could say um, display three at a time, for example. Um, and I think the, the recommendation is you you pass, um, you it will display three times more than what you need. So if you can if you can see five items on screen, it will render 15 items. So you've got a bit of time while you're scrolling and then it will start rendering the next batch. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, any, any other interesting widgets or containers that are available? Keyboards? There's, so there's, there's, there's so much in APL. Um, um, so you've got things like pages. So, um, and I don't know if you've seen the skill that uses a pager. So you might have a, you might have a lot of information about different things you want to get on screen at once. Mm -hmm. um, rather than try to squeeze that into just one screen, you can set it up so you can swipe left and right to find out okay. that specific um, devices. Um, I've seen APL which um, uses like a karaoke effect. So it highlights text at a certain uh, time. Okay, I was gonna ask about that because okay. that was something I, I saw reference to and it really, it, it very much surprised me because that's something that uh, we have on the assistant side that uses SSML's mark tag. And I know that's not something that's available on the Alexa side. So how does that karaoke, how is that karaoke effect done and synchronizing it with the audio? Yeah. So, okay. So, so when you say audio, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's say you was playing a song on Alexa uh, with lyrics in it and you wanted it to follow that. Uh -huh. You synchronize those two. Okay. Effectively what you'd have is, um, uh, a text component and so you've got 100 words in there um, and it, effectively the way you set it up it will just highlight the text um, as it's speaking it and you use a transformer within the APL document to do text-to-speech so rather than the speech coming from your uh, lambda function or your back-end code it's coming from within the APL document whoa 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 okay <laughs> okay hang on so there is a text-to-speech component in APL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That just that that threw me. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and there's a, there is one in APL A as well. So um, you can do it in either APL or APL A. Um, but yeah, you have to use transformers for that. Um, and again, I think these. There's not many times when you might want to do it, or, or however, there are some advantages of, of doing that. So a good example is um, you've got something on screen where you want the user to scroll. So uh -huh. see, um, as soon as you touch the screen, whatever Alexa is doing, she will stop as soon as you touch the screen. Uh -huh. Unless you use a text-to-speech transformer um, to speak the text um, within the APL document, you can use that. And it is a bit of a hack. So when the user starts to scroll, it doesn't interrupt 
what Alexa is doing. Okay. So it sounds like as part of, I mean, my take on this is increasingly Amazon's going to be pushing APL as, again, as the template language and not doing the, the text-to-speech part from the server, but instead leaving it totally rendered by the, the client device. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, render it on the client. So I've never, I haven't thought of it like that before, but yeah, you're right. Interesting. Um, that and that's now that's totally blown my mind. I'm, I'm, I guess the related question is, how do you do video in APL? Okay. So yeah. So, so again, so we've elected these these two ways of handling video. So you can use the um, the video player directive, um, or you can render it within um, APL itself, which is got its benefits its pros and cons uh, versus doing it in a video player so what are the pros and cons yeah okay so when you're using the the video player directive um when that video plays effectively um your session within that skill has ended You've yeah okay up. so it's the same as the audio player you 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 lose control you're out of session at that point exactly but within apl you haven't so um but the downside is um, things like having a button to play and pause um, is down on you as the developer to to handle. Okay, so so you need to render your own skinning, which is what everyone wants to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just gave me a great memory of back in the day using Winamp and all the different skins you could. Uh, right. You could yeah. <laughs> okay, so so there is a video component inside APL. Yes, yes. So um, you can render the video, you know, a variety of different formats within APL. Um, you can size it however you want. You can put your own custom buttons on uh, for play and pause. And you remain in session, which is great for many use cases. Um, it's just a, a little bit extra development on there. Um, and, and then the, the certification team of maybe a bit picky around some of the things. <laughs> In that as well but yeah absolutely you can do it um within the apl document as well and you can okay. have a you can use a video as a background as well so um if you want a really Ooh. cool background you can have a video on you just have to do um um the text to speech transformer as well um which will um could, because if you don't you can't have alexa speaking whilst the video in the background is playing, if that makes this, sense. This text, it does. This text-to-speech transformer is really, it's really blowing my mind here. Okay. I think that's almost, oh, no, one, I guess, so two final things. One is, um, you know, recently they released the, the Echo Show 10, what I like to call the Dancing Echo, which, and I kind of find out, found out there are extensions called choreography extensions. What, what are extensions? Yeah, so these these three extensions available at the moment. So is um, Smart Motion API, the Entity Sensing API, and something called a Backstack API, which you can use in, as extensions within a APL. So, um, so Smart Motion um, that involves um, or in, includes things like Turn to User. So when I invoke a skill, and Alexa wakes up. Um, it will detect where I am and it will turn the screen uh, to face me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, things like follow user, 
uh, and you can have some um, scripted choreos. Um, is that right? I pronounce it choreo. I, I, I assume it's short for choreography, so I, I think it's choreo. Yeah. Okay. So you, you can, I think there's uh, five or six different um, defined choreos, so it might be just to shake the screen. So a nice example of that work might be, if, again, thinking of a quiz, someone gets the right answer, you just shake the screen to make it look like uh -huh. the boss is delighted with that you've got it right type of thing. Um, the... Uh, sensing uh, API um, and this one is really cool so there's something in it where you can say um, effectively work so see if you've got two people stood in front of the Alexa device it can work out which one of those two people are the most engaged and then you can use that information and turn to that user hmm. uh, rather okay. than the second one I, I find that really fascinating and I'm, I've I've not got what um, the new Echo show, uh, the dancing Echo myself yet. But I can't wait to get one and, and play around with that because just the sound of that sounds fascinating. How does it know who's the most engaged person? Yeah. So so are the so these extensions sound like they come from from Amazon. Mm -hmm. Are there extensions that come from others? Can anybody write an extension? So to the best of my knowledge, no. Okay. However, reading through uh, the documentation around it, it kind of makes me think they've hinted that they might open it up if it, if it's not already, and I've just missed it. Um, but yeah, I think there's the possibility. Oh, okay. So, okay. And I could be wrong on that. It's just to the best of my knowledge, there's only the Alexa defined ones. And okay. So I guess my I guess my final question is. All of this is amazing, and I know that you can you can test it using the the simulator. Mm -hmm. What happens when you actually deploy it, and there are errors? Is there a way to do debugging? Is there a way to do logging? Uh, no, not really. No. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> the best way um, and the advice I give everyone is test it within the um, developer console, the test simulator but always test it on a real device as well. Um, because uh, the, the test simulator, um, even when everything looks absolutely perfect within that, when you um, render it on a real device, it can look different to what you was expecting. Uh, and it could be something simple like you've got text, and let's say you've got it in the top right-hand corner of the screen. Um, in the test simulator, it looks great, but on a real device, you might just have um, um, gone out of screen by two or three pixels, for mm. example. And the certification team will spot that and fail it. And um, that's why, um, and that can be really frustrating for something like that. Um, so always test it on a real device if you can. Okay. So I think that is all of my questions. Thank you so much for. Uh, for, for coming and talking about this. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll toss out, you know, for, for anybody who has questions about APL, um, feel free to reach out to, to Mark and I as always, but I think better would be to reach out to, to, you know, the folks at APL Ninja and you, what's the best way that people can, can find you? Yeah, um, so the best way is to find me on Twitter. I'm uh, voice underscore dev underscore UK. 
uh, yeah, and if you uh, follow me and send me a message on there, I'll um, look out for any messages that come through and get back to, to you uh, as soon as I can. So fantastic. Um, I get to, to start playing with this a bit. I am sure that I will be reaching out to you. And uh, I'm equally sure as you know, APL changes over time, we'll probably have you back again in the future. So uh, yeah. thank you so much for, for joining us today. No, thanks for having me. And I'd love to come back sometime. So we look forward to, uh, to everyone else's questions and to your return on uh, some, some future episode of Two Voice Devs. Take care, everyone. Have a good week.